Snap Studios. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Snap. Now, you know those people, those magical people that always know the right thing to say? We're not speaking to any of those folk today. Instead, when Greg Stone was younger, he was always a good boyfriend. Or at least, he tried to be. Now, please be advised, the names in this story have been changed for reasons that will soon become apparent. Snapchat. So I just started dating Wendy, and uh, she was super cool. We met on a bus. We were on a class trip. And then this girl walks on. She had, like, a punk rock T-shirt on. Uh, She sat down, immediately just started smiling. We clicked, like, insanely quick. Yeah, I mean, we had this amazing relationship, you know, at first. It was great. Like, we, you know, we had this uh, little, at first it was a little issue about religion. She was born-again Christian, and I was agnostic. Now, I don't have any issues with religion. Um, But her friends, for some reason, her friends hated me for it. And then 9-11 happened. And it was a rough day. Because where I'm from in New Jersey was just 20 minutes outside of the city. We all had friends or family that were either there or related to someone directly there. Um, And I knew her dad worked in the World Trade Center. So I remember just calling her and her dad was all right because he didn't go in that day. So later that night, I went to my girlfriend's house for dinner. And, you know, it was pretty intense. I mean, we were all pretty raw. You know, everyone was solemn. But also, you know, like we were happy that her dad wasn't there. I just remember her dad standing at the table and us sitting there and him looking at everyone and just going, let's hold hands and thank Jesus. And her father says, uh, I was supposed to be there. Jesus kept me out of the building. And everyone was happy to be like, oh, yeah, he did. And I, I went, why would Jesus keep you out of the building? Why just you? And then he said, well, because we're good Christians, good Christians. And he got us out because we're good Christians. And I was like, so you don't think anybody else in there was either a good Christian or deserved being saved? That he just let all these other people die. But because you prayed a bunch of times, he saved you. All my questions, all the pain, everything from that day all just starts firing at this poor guy. I wasn't trying to yell at him, but I literally, 
he's making 9-11 about him. And I'm pretty much yelling at him. I mean, no one is blinking. Their mouths are open. This is the boyfriend who's been extremely shy and courteous and sweet to them and never said a word. Like, I was the quiet, sweet guy. I was like, hello, mister. How are you? Hello, I love you. How's everyone doing? I love everybody. I was very sweet. Wanted to impress, make everyone like me. And then we had this moment. Now I'm screaming at her family. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I... She runs away, and I followed after her. And she was laying face down into a pillow, just devastated. And she gets her head up from the pillow, and, you know, her makeup is running, and her face is red. She looked at me, and she just said, all my friends told me that the devil was going to test me. Now you're making me question this. This is the test they've been telling me about. And I was like, wait, are you saying I'm the devil? And she was like, not the devil, but you're a test from the devil. And she just shut down. She shut down, and I remember her just going, you know, I think you got to go. I think you got to go home. And then that was it. It was over. The breakup for me was, it was rough. And then I started to look at myself like, am I the devil? I might be the devil. How do I know I'm not the devil? I mean, would the devil know he's the devil? I started to have a really bad taste in my mouth for religion. So I just threw it all away. I went from agnostic to atheist. It took me about a year to really kind of get myself together. I'm just starting to really kind of date. And I met a girl in class. And we were going to go hang out. We get into my car, and we just started making out. And uh, I just kind of stop her in the middle, thinking this is like a fun, like, oh, I'll make a fun joke. And uh, I go, yeah, you're not, like, born-again Christian, are you? And uh, she stops. Just tears come out of her eyes. And she goes, oh, my God, it's always an issue. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. It, it's not an issue. I have no problem. Clearly it's not. A, I mean, clearly I have a thing for born-again Christians. It's really, it's not you. You're, you're beautiful. You're great. I had never met any other born-again Christians in my life. I didn't think I would meet another one again. If she wasn't born-again Christian, she'd be like, oh, no, of course I'm not. And I'm like, good, because I don't want you to think I'm the devil. And we would have laughed. So a couple months later, I meet Laura at a bar. We were at a hula hands in New Jersey. She worked at the Hula Hands, and I worked at TGI Fridays, which was across the street. And uh, she was really attractive, way out of my league. But for some reason, she was like, I made her laugh. I just kept making her laugh. And, you know, I just, I was just on point. And this girl, we're making out in the foyer of the Hula Hands. It's for fun. And then uh, we make back to my car. And then we're making out in my car. And she's like hot and heavy, and she stops making out and she looks at me and she goes let's just put it all out there what makes you crazy what is let's get it to know it now so we can just accept it and I was like yeah well sometimes I say dumb things and then I regret them immediately and she was like yeah yeah but like come on and I go yeah but what about you man you seem perfect 
what about you? What's your craziness? You know, uh, and in my head, I'm just going, do not say born again Christian. Do not say born again Christian. So I just grabbed anything and I went, I don't know. You're not like bulimic or anything, are you? She stops. She pauses. She looks at me and she goes, only my grandmother knows. And she, and she starts crying and I go, oh my God, not again. And I just am like, hey, listen, I didn't mean it. Like, there's nothing. I literally just said anything. And she was like, please don't tell anybody. Uh, She never called me again. So about a year later, I'm dating this other girl. We had a really having a, you know, having a good time, having a laugh. And I'm telling her about my exes. You know, we're having that conversation at a bar. And I'm just telling her this story. This is a great story. It's a great story about how I constantly put my foot in my mouth. And I'm like, I always put my foot in my mouth. And I called some girl Christian, and she was, and she hated it. Dated the girl. She was bulimic. And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, this girl from Hands, you know, blah, 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 Laura. And she was like, wait, I know Laura. And I was like, what? And she was like, Oh my God, I kind of thought that, but, and as she's literally saying, I kind of thought that, but the door opens, Laura walks into the bar. I haven't seen her in a year. And she looks me right in the eyes, sees Sarah, sees us, our faces are ghost white, makes a beeline right for us. We, I just go, hey. And she goes, you didn't tell her, did you? And I was like, I, I, and like the girl I was dating was like, I don't know. It's okay. We're cool. Like she just put her finger to my face. She was like, you're a I told you that in confidence. And then she just stormed off. It was too perfect. It was like it, being an atheist. I'm just saying to myself, man, if anything is going to make me believe in God, this is it. Thanks so much to Greg Stone. Greg is a comedian living in New York. You can hear him on his own podcast, The Rad Dude Cast. We'll have a link and more information at snapjudgment.org. The original score was created and performed by Leon Morimoto. That story was produced by Liz Mack. When we return, please understand, if you gotta go, you gotta go. When Snap Judgment continues, stay tuned. From WNYC Studios and Snap Judgment's underground lair, welcome back. My name is Glenn Washington, and Snap is, you have heard some of the most compelling, most involved, most heart-wrenching stories right here on Snap Judgment. But please note, this is not one of those. You might think you've had reason for alarm in your own past, but our next guest, actress and comedian, Diana Reasonover, she was headed toward an emergency. Snap Judgment.
Okay, so a few years back, I booked a series regular on this TV show. It was called Clip, and it was my first TV credit ever. When you and that meter maid are making love, <laughs> which one of you does the driving and which one of you does the parking? I was like, this is it. This is my big break. I'm going to be the next Carrie Washington. I was balling. So once the show wrapped up, I booked a fancy vacation to get away from it all. You know, get away from the fans. Side note. What fans? I did not have any fans. Right before the vacation, I dislocated my knee. It's no big deal, it happens all the time, but I ended up on crutches. So I go on this vacation. I just wanted to maintain a low profile at the time. And it was really great, and I was on my way back. So I get on the plane. It had two rows of seats and then one aisle, and nobody looks happy. Everybody looks like a grumpy version of Michael Fassbender. And as soon as my butt hits that seat, I know I got to go to the bathroom. I'm one of those people with a small bladder. I just am. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for us to get to cruising altitude so that the pilot turns off the keep your seatbelt on sign. And so 20 minutes came and went and then 25 minutes, and it's just not happening. We're just circling in the cloud layer, we're circling. And then finally, finally, 30 minutes in. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, we've uh, reached cruising altitude. And I say, okay, this is my moment. And I go and I unbuckle my seatbelt, but by the time I finally managed to fumble it open, bam, somebody's already ahead of me. And I stood up and the flight attendant is like, ma'am, you're not allowed to stand up. Ma'am, you have to sit down and wait. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm not, I'm not trying to cause any trouble today. So I sat down. Because of this knee injury, I just kept getting beat to the bathroom. I mean, I would be on the edge of my seat just waiting for that door to crack open. And as soon as I saw the light from the bathroom, I'd be, you know, fumbling and try to get my crutches. And by the time I'd managed to do all that, bam, somebody else would be in the bathroom. And I just kept getting beat just over and over again. Stand up, unbuckle, grab your crutches, got beat. Stand up, unbuckle, grab your crutches, got beat. Finally, finally, uh, I looked around, I realized the bathroom was clear, and I stood up and I grabbed my crutches and I started making my way down the aisle so I can get a little bit of relief. And as soon as I'm halfway to my destination of the bathroom, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have started our descent. So go ahead and put your seats back and your tray tables up. I was like, man, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to make it. And this time she didn't even have to tell me to sit down. She just gave me that look that you about to get in trouble. And so I sat my butt right back down in that seat. And I said, hey, listen, I just got to go to the bathroom real quick. Can you let me go? I've been trying to go uh, all flight. And I kind of like took my crutches and I kind of, you know, showed them a little bit, kind of shimmied with them. She was like, no. And I was so stunned. And we, I said, you know what? It only takes 20 minutes to descend. You can make it. So we start descending. And once again, we're just not descending. It's, you know, 15 minutes go past. 20 minutes go past. 
I mean, I have been holding it for a long time. So I just said, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. So I stood up and the flight attendant said, ma'am, I told you once you have to sit down. This flight attendant just looked mean. Like she was just mean mugging me from jump. You know what I mean? So I sat down and I stood up one more time and I said, I'm sorry, I really have to go. And that's when people kind of started to notice that I wasn't paying attention to what she said. People started whispering and I could see somebody like pull out their phone and start recording me. And I could not have this. I could not get in trouble right now. Don't these people know who I am? I am a series regular on the third highest rated show on TBS. You did a nice thing for me yesterday. Well, I'm actually a nice person. Mm. (laughs) Are you agreeing with me or disagreeing? Mm. Listen, I was right at the top of my career. I was just about to break it big and become a household name. I really could not afford to have my face splashed all over the front page of World Star Hip Hop. So I'm sitting there and I'm like about to explode. And I was just like, okay, just run yourself through the worst case scenario. Okay, worst case scenario is I stand up, I ignore what that lady says, I take this crutch and I smack her upside the head so that I can get to the bathroom. But probably before I make it that far, an air marshal will tackle me and have me on the ground and have both my knees messed up. Okay, or how about this? What if... I stand up and I just stand in the middle of the aisle and I say, like, this is for freedom. And I pee right then and there, you know, stick it to the man. But then if I do that, I'll definitely end up all over the Internet and I'll never work again. Um, And then I thought about there was one more option, which is. I've had to pee in small places before. My dad used to take me fishing all the time, and I would pee in the back of the van in in an old hubcap. And I was thinking to myself, Deanna, there is one of two ways you can pee, because you're going to pee. You can either pee standing up while an air marshal handcuffs you, or you can pull out your Contigo travel mug and you can pee directly into that cup with as much dignity as peeing in public will allow you. So I said to my girlfriend, I said, can you hand me my travel mug? And she did, and she started to ask me a question. She started to say, what's going on? And I just shook my head, and I put my one finger up to my lips, and I was like, don't. And I took my sweater, and I slipped it over my lap. And I was wearing, like, um, kind of baggy, like, um, loose jogger pants. And I stuck the cup as far up close to my body as I could. I really wanted to pull down my pants, but I was like, okay, somebody's definitely going to notice that. And I peed as hard as I could, so as much of it as possible went into the cup. And it it felt so good. I, I felt like I had just shed 15 pounds. And as soon as I was done peeing and I felt that burning shame, but also that sweet release... I took the sweater and I lifted my butt up and I shoved the sweater underneath me and I screwed the top on the travel mug and I hung my head in shame. I was in row like 12A or something and I turned and right back in row 13C, there was this old lady with like tight, tight curls on her head who was giving me major side eye. Like she was looking at me so far out of the side of her head, she looked like a fish. I did, you know, use the sweater to protect the seat, 
And I used some hand sanitizer because it was a leather seat and some Kleenex to clean it before I left the plane. So once we got off the plane, I was really so embarrassed. I was just trying to be discreet. I didn't want anybody to notice me. My pants were still wet because I didn't have any spare pants on my carry-on. Who brings spare pants on their carry-on? So I took my sweater and I tied it around my waist. I was sure that I smelled like pee. I, in fact, I was absolutely positive that I was going to slip on my crutches on my own pee and like bite it in front of everybody. And as I'm going through the airport, I was on one of those like moving walkways when all of a sudden it happened. This guy like turns around and he looks and he says, he yells, hey, ain't you Charmaine? From Clipped, she's on TV, (laughs) y'all. No one had ever recognized me before. And all of a sudden, the crowds parted, like what you hear about in movies. Everybody turned and started rubbernecking my way. One guy just, like, took a selfie with me as he was walking alongside the escalator. There was nowhere to hide. I was just being paraded through this line of people. People started snapping pictures. I was so shocked. I almost forgot about the pee for like half a second because I couldn't believe that all these people were taking pictures with me, back my pants all wet and stuff. (sighs) I finally got my moment. So darn exciting, don't you think? Yeah, I just might wet myself. Big thanks to Deanna Reasonover. Deanna is an actress and comedian living in L.A. That original score was created and performed by Renzo Gorio. The story was produced by Adiza Egan. Look here, I know how you feel. Itchy, scratchy, wondering if the fever's going to break because if you miss even a moment of snap goodness, you have a disease. But not to worry, the good doctor has the antidote. Subscribe to the Snap Judgment Podcast right now on Spotify, on TuneIn, on Stitcher, on iTunes, Radio Public. We serve it your way. Snapjudgment.org. Now give it up for the team that never met a person they can't offend. That goes double for the Uber producer, Mark Ristich. Pat Masidi Miller can't handle the truth. Anna Sussman carries a big stick around Joe In-Your-Face Rosenberg, the slow talker Renzo Gorio, Leon, the laugher Morimoto, Shayna Sheedy has strong opinions. Adiza Egan has a plan. Liz Mack has a counter plan. You can't fool Eliza Smith. Tail, unbuttered toast to cot. Some episodes of The Simpsons make Jasmine Aguilera cry. Real tears. It's hilarious. And even though this is not the news, no way is this the news. In fact, you could huff and you could puff, friend. You could even blow the house down, but you would still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is WNYC. WNYC.